Insensitive Movies. I'm Claire. I'm Elena, and welcome to the podcast. And today we're going over um, a real nostalgia factor for everyone our age, Disney original movies. So these are Disney movies that did not go into theaters, but instead were released on the Disney Channel. Yeah, it's like they did their own original movies before Netflix and everyone else. Well, also <laughs> Lifetime movies. Those were good. Um, so we kind of thought about this after reading an, an article on Vulture that ranked all 105 Disney Channel original movies. I highly suggest you go read it. Um, it's very funny, but we picked only five and they're kind of ranked in different categories. So one category is like technology. The other category is weirdness and wackiness, but it doesn't have to do with like fantasy. So think of like Luck of the Irish that's a classic. That's wacky, but that's not quite, like, fantasy. And then we have, like, fantasy slash Halloween, like the Descendant movies. Then we have musicals. And then we have uh, kind of just normal everyday. Like, there's nothing weird going on. So that's kind of, like, stuck in the suburbs, if you've ever heard of any of those movies. So we picked one out of each category. And Claire, would you like to say something about Disney Channel original movies? Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't have Disney Channel growing up, so I didn't know basically any of the movies on this list besides, like, the High School Musical franchise. So, for me, this is, like, really getting to know these movies for the first time. And I grew up watching these movies. All the movies we've picked, I've already seen. I watched them as they were coming out. So, this is, I'm very excited. So let's start with our first one. Our first one is with the technology theme, and it's the movie Smart House. And if you, when, what year did this movie come out? Um, 1999. So think about that. So this is about basically a kid wins this um, giveaway where they give away a smart house that can do everything for them. But really, the house is kind of out to get them. And that's basically the whole movie. What did, what did you know? As soon as I started watching it, I got a lot of like Monster House vibes. Originally. Yeah. You know that something's going to go wrong. I don't know. I was kind of nitpicky about this movie, honestly, because there was a lot of stuff that happened where I was like, how, how could that have happened? Well, first of all, the house knows all of their medical information just by like how they breathe. Yeah. And it's like very invasive. And uh, we were talking about this earlier, but. It's definitely Black Mirror before Black Mirror was a thing. Like, this Smart House could have been a Black Mirror episode. Like, it's oh, about absolutely. the whole, yeah. like, they're embracing technology. There are, like, there are technically, like, smart houses, like, not obviously not like the one in this movie, but there are houses like this. Like, HUTV does a giveaway every year, and they do, like, the, the smart house, you know, that everything's electronic. Westworld kind of had a smart house this season where everything was controlled electronically. The only difference here is that this house has, like, a personality. Um, she's a woman. Her name is Pat. She's she's very AI, and she's very possessive and controlling. Yeah, so Pat stands for Personal Applied Technology. She has a really annoying voice, but that's probably just because I'm so used to hearing Siri, and, like, that's just such a, like, a soothing voice. That's true. And Pat had, like, a very aggressive voice all the time. Well, Pat was an aggressive character. So essentially, like, why Pat, and the, in the beginning, Pat is just kind of, like, giving them food, not really interfering in their lives, and then the, so the people who move in is a single father and his kids, which is a, a daughter and a son. 
The son is the one who, like, entered them. They call him Computer Boy because he knows how to use a computer, which is ridiculous. Okay, and, like, the thing I want to bring up is the contest to win Smart House, uh, you could submit as many applications as you want. And I'm no. looking at the computer, and he would only submit, like, his name, like, not his email or phone number. So I don't know how they even got in contact with him because he just sent in his name the whole time. Also, he was not 18 years or older, so I don't know how he's entering into this competition. <laughs> good point so essentially the mother died and the son has been like kind of there's it's this theme going on and i feel like all disney channel original movies like the son kind of is part of the like the parental figure like he packs the lunches he makes food he cleans he's very much kind of took over this mom space and he basically didn't want his dad to replace his mom in any way and was like okay i'm gonna use this house to win and she'll be like our new mom. she'll take care of everything that i can't Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially he sees the dad, like, kind of, you know, liking the girl that, um, created Pat. Mm-hmm. And Sarah. Sarah. And he's like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put in a bunch of 50 sexist housewife data <laughs> into Pat so that she can become the perfect mother. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. Yeah, that's one of the reasons that, like, I really didn't like the little boy in it. Um, his name is... Ben. ben. Yeah. I don't know, I understand where he's coming from, of, like, not wanting his mother to be replaced. But just the way it came off is him just being, like, he's just making the dad more lonely. Like, the dad just wants someone, and it was just, like, kind of selfish of him, honestly. Even though he was trying to blame, like, oh, like, dad, you're being so selfish by, like, letting someone else into our life and, like, having her replace our mom, which he obviously, like, would have given him the same amount of attention he did before. I don't think it's about the attention. Um, I think it's also, like, he doesn't want his mom, like, in his own memories to be replaced. Because the whole thing's like, she died, I think, like, several years ago, and then their aunt went to go live with them, and then once the aunt left, she kind of was like, okay, like, I can kind of take care. And the younger sister is too young to really remember the mom so he's like i have to live this memory but he also like doesn't consult his dad on like anything yeah like he's doing stuff to like help his dad without saying without telling him and the dad which is very corona times works from home (laughs) very true and yeah so the dad like wasn't seeing anyone and he didn't really want to like go to the new smart house he didn't he saw how pretty sarah was and he was like oh like this random girl's cute like let's try out this new house he literally saw her picture in the newspaper it was like okay like let's look at this house okay what did you think about the um amenities of the smart house the whole thing is that the walls are essentially like big screens so the pat can like screen whatever all the kids and the dad have like a personalized wake up they're able to play kind of like video games on the screen. They can have like music videos. Pat makes them whatever they want. I remember watching this when I was younger and I thought it was so cool. Yeah, no, I would definitely like being able to play movies on the big screen and I would totally take advantage of her being able to make as much food as you want. But I was wondering, so do you still have to go grocery shopping for the food in the house? No, because Pat and when... um. Sarah said once Pat had, like, trapped the family there, was saying how Pat had, like, stored food. So I think the house has, like, this this kind of storage of food and then uses it how however the family. I think you'll have to get food for the house. But I don't yeah. like, if Pat's making all your food, it doesn't matter. But if you're making your own food, I think that's different. Yeah, but, 
Yeah, I don't know, but I was just wondering because like one of the things was smoothies that they were always making. Yeah, and that's the fresh fruit. Like there was the one scene where the oranges my cat malfunctions and all the oranges go spraying everywhere, and it's just like, how long are you keeping that fruit fresh, uh, Pat? Uh, well, I don't know. This is like a you know a, a future house, so maybe she has some sort of way to to keep all the fruit fresh. Also, um, what do you think about the party scene? The da- the when so there's that one point where the dad goes on a date with Sarah and Pat. This is when Pat has already become very motherly, and she decides to hack into Ben's email, send email invites about a party going on, and then throws this party. And there's this one scene which is so iconic where the wall turns into a music video and three of the boys just jump into oh, a choreographed God. routine. So it I was like... that at all because they thought they were so cool. <laughs> I know. It's lame, honestly. It's not even lame. It's like they just jumped into a choreographed routine like no big deal. Like yeah. they just went into it. Like there was no hint of like maybe they're on the dance team. This is also the party where Pat kind of takes care of the bully. Which I thought was so weird. Mm-hmm. That was, like, kind of uncomfortable. Basically, his bully comes, and Pat knows about it, and is basically, like, puts a holographic skull <laughs> and, like, throws him out of the party and, like, makes fun of him. And I'm like, dude, you're a computer, and this is, like, a 13-year-old kid. Yeah. No, I definitely think the movie, at least for me, really started picking up when, like, Pat just goes balls to the wall and is like locking the doors of the house. Yeah, she like, shocks the shocks the door handles. Yeah, no, that part where it was like, oh, this is getting good, and then at one point she manifests into a real life human and becomes yeah. like not like a real life human, but a hologram and becomes this tornado in the house. Yeah, that was um, great, and uh, yeah, yeah, so that, that was a great. Scene so essentially, sure. Pat sees Sarah as like taking over this motherly role. And Ben kind of sees like this too. So she's like, you know what? Like Pat's malfunctioning. She's being way too overprotective. I'm going to shut her off. And then she basically comes back after Sarah shuts her off and is like, you know what? No, kick Sarah out, locks all the doors. And then it isn't until Ben's like, see, like, I'm scared of you. I'm not protecting. You can't protect me the same way like a human woman can. <laughs> and she's like, okay. What I thought was creepy at the end was that they still lived with Pat. Yeah, why would you do that? Like, they I still mean, embrace yeah. the smart house, even though she kind of tried to kill them. And, like, yeah, keep them hostage. Absolutely. I know. Like, I definitely wouldn't have wanted to live in that house. I think to begin with, I think that's just too much technology for me. The one thing that I did really enjoy was, was uh, the themed dinners they had. I think that, that cute. would be cool. Yeah, I think there's but a the- lot of things. I, I kind of like the idea of the screen, the walls being screens mm-hmm. that you can, like, play music they have like that cool scene where they're playing golf actually like happens onto the screen like a video game kind of like think about like Wii, but this was like 1999 so i actually thought that was like a really cool idea but also did you notice really weird so there's a point where when pat decides to lock them in that she she manifests herself and she's like you don't know what the world is like out there it's very dangerous and she plays like scenes on the wall from like Hiroshima and Nazi Germany. Did you notice that? No. Oh my god, it was I was watching. How did I not write that down. I'll have to go back and look at that. Like she she referenced the whole point is that anytime Pat has anything to do with her mood, she'll this the wall will become some sort of like video or something. And then at this point she's like, 
the world is really harsh and I need to protect you. It's like there's Hiroshima blowing up and then there's like, you know, marches of Nazis. And I was like, oh my God, this is a children's movie. If that, if Disney could not pull that today without backlash. Yeah, there's a lot of Disney, like the early Disney Channel original movies are wild. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, okay, the actual furniture in this house, though, is so goddamn ugly. I know! That's what I thought, too! You're getting this amazing house with all this technology, and the furniture's so ugly. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. Oh, Yeah, I have to admit, like, you think Sarah would be able to, you know, as she was too focused on Pat, she didn't really have an interior designer come and look at the house. Mm-hmm. I like Sarah as a character, though. You know, she was smart. She was going to her next thing. She was a bit too obsessed with the smart, the smartness. She, yeah, no, you know, she was going to make a bunch um, of smart offices after a smart house. I'm like, that that's some real Black Mirror making some more. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm surprised that, I mean, this is thinking too much into it, but if they have this technology that, like, can gather all of your medical records, how are they not distributing this? Why are they having it just in, like, a residential area? Like, this is technology that so many other places like not even offices offices don't really need that hospitals things like that yeah yeah i definitely feel like it wasn't utilized but this is also a disney movie and they're not really looking very into it it was weird how she was able to get their medical history like it was definitely like like you know was trying to invade their privacy and was also like trying to feed them so you know like oh like you eat too much or like look at your glucose levels like you should be eating this and I'm like that's very uncomfortable yeah because <laughs> they're children mm-hmm. uh, but yeah overall I definitely found this amusing I'm glad I you did watch it again but I was definitely amused for the time that I was watching it good next on the next more amusing movies is the 13th <laughs> year this is one of my personal favorites. If you don't know what this movie is about, it's about a, a, a mer boy who was adopted by humans and on his 13th birthday starts to become a merman. And that's the <laughs> plot of the entire movie, and I think it's incredible. What did you think, Claire? <laughs> no, this is definitely a fun one. I kind of noticed that so many Disney movies have the theme of, like, the underdog sports team. Because yeah, they were one of the big things is he's a swimmer, but now he can't get in the water or he'll like grow fins. Yeah, it's um, like H2O. Also, like, just in movies in general, having a lab partner is such a big deal uh, because the main character, Cody, is set up with this like nerdy kid who just yes. knows everything about marine biology. So he's like running tests on Cody to like help him figure it out. And meanwhile, yeah. uh, the boy's father is like this mermaid hunter. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of, like, parental... In Disney movies, especially, like, Disney TV shows, they had this trope of, like, you either had one parent that was, like, dead or both parents, but they were, like, kind of, like, dumb and, like, klutzy. And I feel like that didn't start in their movies, I feel like, till later on. It's definitely present if you watch, like, any of the Disney Channel TV shows. Because, like, we had both parents here, and they were kind of, like, a little dumb. If not, not, and the the dad is the dad is played by uh, I think it is a Joey from Full House. Oh, I didn't watch Full House. It's um, I think it's Joey, uh, some no, guy from Full House. We'll just end it there. Speaking of the parents, uh, the one big takeaway I had from this was 
the mom who doesn't believe in modern medicine. Okay, okay, this is, we have to, we have to do this. So there's, at one point, so basically throughout the movie, he's like, anytime he gets into water, he starts to get scales, and he's like, things are like sticking to him. And there's one point where his parents finally find out. And his dad was like, maybe we should like get a doctor here or something like that. And the mom is like, I don't believe in, I don't believe in doctors. But then she's all like, I'm going to do acu- acupuncture on my son. So she doesn't believe in Western medicine, but she's like a white woman doing Eastern medicine. I'm like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Why yeah. is she, she, they never explain why she's anti-doctors. They, she says that they're, they're uh, quacks. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like what in your life? inspired you to be like no all doctors are fake my son is literally turning into a mermaid and i'm going to put him to an acu like an acupuncture yeah no the notes i took on the mom was like obviously not believing in modern medicine she mentions karma a lot um and she instantly thinks the government is going to ship tony off yeah there's there's, there's a lot of like anti-bourgeoisie here for the parents for like a disney movie like in the beginning of the movie so the whole beginning is there's a mermaid, she has her baby, and she's being followed by a boat, so she puts the baby in, like, um, I don't know what it is, like, a little kind of cradle that was attached to another boat, and she goes to kind of distract distract the one that's following her, but, but by the time she gets back, the baby's, the boat and the baby are gone, so while they're on the boat, when they don't notice the baby at first, they kind of say something where it's like, oh, you know, we're again, we're against the bourgeoisie, like, we're against you know, capitalist or something like that. And I was like, this is so odd for a Disney movie because Disney's all about capitalism. Yeah. Okay, the one thing I wish they wouldn't have included is there's this subplot about, like, Cody and Sam who are, like, romantically involved a little bit. I love and, their relationship. Yeah, and, like, Sam would give uh, <laughs> Cody a picture of yes! herself. For his birthday, which I thought was really... Oh, I'm so happy. You know, that's the one thing I make fun of with my friends. I I rewatched this a couple years ago. And we were watching, and we're like... So so the whole point is that it's his 13th birthday. He has a birthday party. And that kind of starts the whole him becoming a mermaid thing. And she... They're kind of dating-ish. Like, she likes him. He likes her. They hold hands. Things like that. And she gives him a picture of, of herself for his birthday. Like, in a really nice frame, I have to say. And it was clear, like, would, that's a weird gift to oh, give to a 13-year-old boy. Me. Yeah, no, there's no excuse for that. That's just really weird. And then she's also, so the whole thing's that he's not telling her about the mermaid thing, because at first he doesn't really know it's a mermaid thing, and then eventually Jess runs a lot more tests, and he's like, you're turning into a fish. And, and she doesn't tell him, and then she finds out, and she faints, and she gets, like, really angry at him and she's all like why didn't you tell me and I'm like hello and then she's like once after she found out she like didn't talk to him then she talks to him again she's like why didn't you I'm angry because you didn't tell me and I'm like look what happened when he told you you stopped talking to him yeah absolutely I also kind of thought of this movie as like a weird spider-man aquaman kind of crossover because he has that thing that they did in like the first spider-man where he like sticks to things yeah. And he's, like, he's he's on the ceiling, which I thought was, like, a kind of, like, a, a Spider-Man-ish reference. Yeah, definitely not what I think of when I think of mermaids at all. Yeah, and he could, uh, The one power I do like that he has is just, like, swimming really fast, because in the beginning, uh, well, I guess this was before he turned into a mermaid, but just showing, like, how 
agile he is in the water, he swims after, like, a water taxi uh, that he missed. And I really like that scene of him, like, out swimming the water taxi. Swimming in his shoes, no less. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good He also has the electricity power. Yeah, because of electric eels. Yeah. They, they really just combine, like, a bunch of random facts about fish. <laughs> and we're like, this could be, like, a mermaid. We're making up all these powers. I also thought it was odd. So at the end of the movie, he eventually, like, he, he really can't go into water without getting gills. But he wants to go to his final swim meet. He does, and he wins. But then the, the Jess, his dad, who's obsessed with the mermaid, captures him. And he also tries to capture the mom. And eventually, like, obviously, Jess goes in to save the mom, but Jess can't swim, which I thought was, like, a nice, you know, he can't swim, Cody can swim. Mm-hmm. And then Cody saves Jess, and the dad's like, okay, it's fine. Like, I'm, I'm cool with mermaids now, even though he fully kidnapped a 13-year-old child. Yeah, like, throws away his, uh, his life's work a little <laughs> bit. But no, I'm glad you brought up Jess not being able to swim, because I was thinking, if the dad... If his life revolves so much around the water and they live in, like, a coastal town, yeah, why did he not teach his son how to swim? I think that's weird, too. The son's also, like, he's very into, like, reading. He call he, the Jess calls himself a social outcast. That's how self-aware he is. Yeah, no, he's so self-aware of that. Because there's one scene where Cody and someone else are, like, getting into a fist fight. Sean. And then Jess comes along and is like, no, you guys can't fist fight. Like, what am I going to do during during school now like who's gonna beat me up yeah that's true i don't know there were some lines in this that were really cringy but the one where i'm like okay that's pretty funny is someone says feels like i'm king of the world and then someone else responds you know he dies at the end of that movie (laughs) i didn't even notice that i I also expecting that at all because like well, little kids are going to get the Titanic reference, you know? Yeah. Well, in the beginning, too, so, like, the first kind of sign that something's up is that he's drinking a lot of water. Mm-hmm. And at first, I was like, that's kind of like a sign of, like, diabetes. I don't know why the mom is like, I don't want to go to doctors. But then, obviously, like, more happens. But the diagnosis is puberty. When they yeah. when he does go to a doctor, it's like, you're just going through puberty. puberty. That's why he has scales. And... <sighs> Is drinking so much water. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. That's a really bad answer for sure. Oh, uh, he can also talk to fish. Oh yeah, he doesn't really talk to fish that much though. Like he does it a little bit. Yeah, we, uh, when when I when I watched that that scene, I was like, I was like, wait a minute, what if like his grandfather is the fish from Shape of Water? <laughs> the other mermaid movie I was relating this to was like Aquamarine, which is, in my opinion, the end all be all mermaid movie. And in that movie, there's the one creepy old guy who ends up being the hero. So when I was watching this, that's sort of what I was thinking. I was like, oh, they're setting Jess's dad up to be the bad guy, but he's actually going to end up to be the good guy, which doesn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't happen. He's not a good guy. He just realizes that, oh, maybe he should, you know, not kidnap people and be obsessed with mermaids and worry about his son who can't swim. (laughs) Like, these are things that should be happening. Yeah, wait, Elena, so do you think it was... If it was up to you, would you have had the mermaid talk more during this? Because she has no lines. That's what I was, like, was going to say that. Yeah, the mom has absolutely no lines. And I don't know if it's because, like, she she's a mermaid, so she doesn't... They have a different language, and they do, she doesn't speak English. It is weird that she doesn't speak. Um, mm-hmm. I do, like, so at the end of the movie, he finds his... Basically finds his mom again, 
and he like he's like okay I'm gonna spend my summers in, with wherever she is and whatever mermaid the rest of the mermaids and then he's gonna go come back and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this I would see a sequel where he spends his time in mermaid like what is that like we have because we really don't know the mermaid world yeah no I'm interested in the mermaid world for sure also, the CGI on his transformation oh, was scary. Oh, was so funny. <laughs> it was so Yeah, the CGI here was hilarious. Mm-hmm. They used a lot of practical for, like, the, the... I feel like the scales and his gills were done pretty well, but when he had to be yeah. full mermaid, that mm-hmm. was... It was too bad. Um, I'm trying to think what else I thought about this movie. I like the setting. I think yeah, this I like, is... I like the setting. But one of the early Disney movies where they're not relying on sets... They're really, like, it's, it's a whole coastal town. You're really at the beach a lot of the time, and they're in these really nice houses and in, you know, school and things like that. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just like this movie. I think it's so funny. I think the, fa- the fact that they take this, like, mermaid trope and they do it into a mermaid and not, like, a girl, I thought was, like, a good idea. Because I feel like the whole yeah. point is that, like, you kind of hypersexualize mermaids because it's, like, a uh-huh. woman. And this time, because it's a boy, it kind of flips, flips that trope. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Um... I wish they would have changed the title. I don't know what I would have wanted it to be, but I just don't like the title The 13th Year. Yeah, it definitely doesn't sound like it's a mermaid movie. I agree. You definitely, if you just watched this based on the title, you would have no idea what you're getting into. Yeah. It would be like, oh my gosh, it, you call it, it kind of sounds like, like a bar mitzvah, you know, like rite of passage sort of thing. It's like, no, he's literally <laughs> turning into a mermaid. <laughs> Merman, sorry that they keep... Oh yeah, they made a really big deal of like, not mermaid. He's a merman. Oh, I don't know if you caught this, but Kristen Stewart is in this movie. Oh my god, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, I did know that. That's like one of the things when you Google 13th year, that's like the first video that comes up. <laughs> that's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we're, we stand uh, Kristen Stewart. We do. On the podcast, for sure. So if All no right, other comments... move on to the next movie? Mm-hmm. Okay, our next movie is Cadet Kelly. Which is also... I was surprised by how much I liked this. Like, now. Yeah, no, this one was good. So this one stars Hilary Duff, uh, and she plays Kelly, who's, like, a very artistic student at this sort of liberal arts school. Yeah, in New York City. uh, Yeah, her parents are divorced, and now her mom is marrying this military guy. So that means Kelly has to go to military school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I, I thought this was well done. The whole point is that, like, she's this really individual person now she has to go to military school and it's very rigid and she kind of you know breaks down the military with her individualism and her like color and her style which was great so the one thing I thought was like kind of annoying was that no one like no one explained to her what military school was like like she went from a really art devoted school where, like, they didn't really care about math or things like that in New York City of all places to, like, a military campus. There was probably, there was nothing around them. Like, it's a huge change, and everyone's making fun of her, and she's, like, she, like, doesn't understand any of the rules. And I'm, like, why didn't no one explain this to you? Like, why were her parents not saying anything? I I understand why they did that, because I feel like it does make you feel really bad for Kelly, because I felt awful for her, because... Just it's not a, it's not her fault that she doesn't know what to do because no one's telling her what to do. And then the person who is supposed to be telling her what to do, uh, Jennifer, Jennifer, is so mean to her. Yeah, Jennifer is like yeah. the older girl who they all have like a, a bunk essentially, and Jennifer's like the one who's overseeing their bunk. And yeah, she's really mean. She doesn't like Kelly. 
because Kelly's really confident. Like, even though she doesn't know what she's doing, like, she'll go up to anyone and start talking. And she kind of started talking to this guy that Jennifer likes. His name's Brad. They say he looks like a rock star. He kind of doesn't. It's the actor from X-Men who played the guy who can freeze things. Oh, wait, really? Yeah, we were oh, watching it, and I was yeah, like, no, wait a minute. He's so average looking at this, though. He is, he is. And essentially, like, I, f- I feel like their relationship, Brad and Kelly's, is more like a kind of brother-sister. He, mm-hmm. he finds her really funny because she's, like, so different than anyone else at the school. And I think he, he's nice to her, though. He's much nicer than, like, Jennifer. And then she also has this friend, Carla, who, if you don't know, is who plays Hazel on Degrassi. Mm. You ever watch Degrassi growing up? Oh, Degrassi's a, it's a whole other show we can talk about. But, (laughs) yeah, so that's how I knew they filmed this in Canada, because Degrassi's a Canadian show. And, I don't know, I I really liked it. I thought, like, Kelly's arc does a really good job. Like, she's able, she also has a voiceover, which I thought was kind of annoying. But she's able to, I think, change the rules. And the whole thing was that she in kind of retaliation to how mean Jennifer is. And Jennifer, like, is pretty mean. She kind of yells at Kelly, makes fun of her. She also makes her do this obstacle course on the night of a dance while it's raining outside. So Kelly decides to, like, retaliate and, like, paint her hair. And Kelly's like, no one's going to find me guilty. They all they do this whole student council, kind of student government. Everyone finds her guilty. And her stepdad is the principal. So he's like, you know, and like, I have to, I can't be too mean because, you know, she's my stepdaughter. And he makes her punishment to be on, I don't know what the team's called, but it's. It's like color guard. Yeah, it's like color guard. So they're very into like the wooden rifles. That's like their whole routine. She thinks of this as a nightmare, but then she learns to love it. That's what I love about how much she like truly did love what she was doing. Yeah. Hillary mm-hmm. Duff did such a good job. <laughs> But the thing is, I don't know a lot about Color Guard, so I could never tell, like, is this team doing well or is it not doing well? Well, they, they always edit in, like, they Kelly's d- reactions to everything, so you could kind of, like, gauge, like, oh, yeah. like, their team isn't doing well, or, like, oh, this team's really good. Well, they so did say in the beginning that they weren't a very good team. From, like, like Carla's like, yeah, sure, you can join, but, like, we're not very good. And then, I'm trying to think, I also, like... Oh, just the whole, the sad thing when Jennifer destroys Kelly's blanket. Oh, that was horrible. That was terrible. So unnecessary. Yeah, I think that's the, that's like kind of the catalyst that yeah, brings no, Kelly. Jennifer, she just had so much pent up anger. She did. Just for really no reason at all. I th- um, so, like at the end of the movie, which like I kind of saw coming, like Kelly and Jennifer end up putting everything aside and they're friends. And I just don't think that's believable at all. At all what? Jennifer really was so mean and would call her maggot. Yeah, it's true. Instead of using her name. I don't know. They had that really great dance dance off. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> they had a really great dance off. Yeah. No, the dance off here was definitely better than the dance off or the dancing in Smart House for sure. <laughs> the dancing in Smart House is more iconic though. No, they have. Well, they they work together. So the whole thing is that. They have, I guess, in the kind of color guard competition, they have what is what they're supposed to do, like the normal routine, and then they have this exposition, which is kind of like the whole point is supposed to be create create creativity. And Kelly does like this stupid like routine because Brad was like sad that he that their team sucks. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? Like that's not a bad idea. So she tries out and she gets um who does she get to 
I guess she gets Jennifer's friend to, like, train her. Yeah. And she makes the team, and then she's, she kind of is, like, she's a, I can understand why Jennifer's in, because she's, like, this freshman in high school that all of a sudden is on the team and has, like, a say, which definitely isn't how it, like, would be in, like, a normal high school. You'd probably, like, you'd allow seniors who have been there longer to have a say, and then Jennifer was supposed to be her solo, but then she works with Kelly, and they use ribbons to, mm-hmm. in their, in their exposition, and they win. Well, they don't win, they get silver, which is, like, which I also, like, they didn't win, because you didn't expect them to make such a big jump. Yeah, and, you know, they got second place because Kelly wasn't there, but she, like, she was rescuing her father from her mock line. I forgot about that. So, in the movie... The whole thing is that her dad, is, like, travels a lot for work, which is so unrealistic anyway. He's, like, a photographer or something. And he's, like, okay, I have to go take some pictures for before your competition, and then I'll go to your competition. And she has this cell phone that she only uses with her dad. And he calls her, but the line cuts off. And he, she's, like, that's weird. And she gets really worried, and she tells the stepdad, and her and the stepdad go. And I guess he's on this mountain. Not mountain. I would say mountain. Like, a hill or something. Rocky Hill. And she sees mm-hmm. that he, like, he didn't even look hurt. He was just looked like he was sleeping. <laughs> yeah, and I don't she, know, like... She's gonna rappel down, like, even though she has... Random. Like, they, there was a few scenes in here where it's like, okay, this was kind of random, and it lasts way too long, the scene, but the whole thing is, like, there's so many scenes that build up to Kelly, um, Kelly Alt believes that she does everything for herself, does everything for the people around her, Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just part of the things, like, the list that Kelly had that she needs to do. Oh, yeah, she needed to get her stepdad to be more like a father. She didn't think, it's all boys that her stepmother's pregnant. And this, mm-hmm. did this movie kind of takes place over, like, several months. Because the mom mm-hmm. starts off pregnant, and then she's, like, very pregnant by the end of the movie. So you know time has passed. And yeah. <laughs> the only way you can tell time has passed. And... She's like, okay, like, I don't, he's too cold. Like, he thinks, she thinks he's too cold. He doesn't really do hugs or anything like that. He only handshakes. He does handshakes. She's like, you know, he needs to be a father. So that's, like, my list number one. List number two is to, to, to put, like, more individualism into the, <laughs> the military school, which I thought was hilarious. And I forgot what the third one was. Mm. Was it just those two? Yeah, I forget, too. Uh, but something with Jennifer. What I like about Kelly is, like, she did have, like, a lot of good singers. She did, but she also was, like, she was, she knew when it was her battle. So the whole thing is that her dad is, her stepdad is the principal of the whole school. So, like, she could have told Jennifer, my stepdad's the principal, and she was, like, and Carla was, like, why don't you say that? And Kelly was, like, no, this is my fight. Like, this is not, like, I don't want to involve him. I'm, like, that's a really, like, grown-up decision to make. Yeah, no, she was so cool. She Um, was. Definitely one of my favorite characters out of all the movies we've watched, I think. Agreed. Agreed. Mm -hmm. She did, she did a great job. I'm trying to think. Yeah, wait. <laughs> the end dance was edited crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I had like whiplash. So the end dance, their final notes, Jennifer and Kelly's final thing, and literally they edited it where they just, keep, like, every two seconds, there was a jump cut to something else. Like, it, it was, was so weird. choppy. That's what, I don't know, and the rest of the movie is edited like pretty well. Like, they're editing for comedic reasons. Like, her, Kelly and her best friend, there's this one scene where they're, like, just going, ah, 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 I don't know. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, where they're just, like, yelling at each other. About? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and they, no, they edit back and forth between them. The editing at the end was just, like, horrific. And yeah. I don't, I think it was because, like, they're trying to make this seem cool and exciting. And the whole point is that, like, you, this whole movie is leading up to a dance with ribbons. Like, that's not the most exciting thing in the entire world. But, oh, my God, they would go from, like, extreme close-ups to wide shots to close-ups to shots of hands and things flying and ribbons. And it was insane. Yeah. And it was, like, a two-minute, three-minute sequence. Like, it was it was a lot. Mm-hmm. But overall, I think best developed character. Yeah, no, definitely. I think this movie does fall into the kind of black best friend trope where you have Carla. She, you don't really know much about her. She's just kind of there to, like, support Kelly, which is, like, not great. She doesn't get much development for herself. You do know that she, she like, she's happy to be at the military academy, where you they're like one night they're talking and she's like well home wasn't like a good place for me like I'm I'm happy and I'm lucky to be here and I'm like that's very interesting <laughs> and they don't reference it again yeah no uh she was definitely more in it in the beginning than she was the rest of the movie I agree I think once we introduced like, really Brad, the only reason I feel like she was in it um was to explain was things for the end when the the other best friend comes and then she uh Carla gets angry because Kelly was like, oh, everyone, this is my best friend. Yeah, and then Carla gets angry. She's like, oh, I thought you were my best friend. And Kelly apologizes. And, like, I didn't realize how my wording would hurt you. Or I didn't mean to word it like that. But also, she's also kind of there in the beginning just to, like, explain, I feel like, to the audience. Like, what's yeah. going on in the military school and how it works. But, you know, I feel like they're, obviously, I think the the side characters, like, besides the parents, I feel like could have been developed. Especially, like, her friends. You don't really know yeah. a lot about Brad. You don't know a ton about Jennifer besides the fact that her her parents are milita- are both military, so she's moved around a lot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think main main character had a really good arc. Any other last yeah. notes for Cadet Kelly? No, I don't think so. I did write actually. Hold on, I do. I did write a few of my favorite quotes down. Oh, go ahead. Um, we may be in military school, but we still live in a democracy. I remember that. Yes. Um, good one. Then the the stepfather says uniformity is something we strive for, and she's like, "Is that a good thing?" Yeah, this movie is very anti-establishment. Yeah, which is it's also like a very odd thing to teach young children when like it's Disney Channel. Like mm-hmm. she's she's obviously in the end like she learns to love like that sense of like uniformity with the military, but she still keeps her sense of individuality. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but still, it was an odd lesson. Any okay. any other ones? Um, are you ready to move on? Yes. So our next movie is Twitches from 2005. And this is, out of all the movies we've watched that I haven't seen, this one was my favorite. Really? I yeah, love no. Twitches. Uh, it just had me, like, the most intrigued from the beginning. That's true. Is, okay, don't get me wrong. Out of all the movies we watched, the CGI in this <laughs> is terrible. Like, like, and some of the dial... Uh, um, I don't know. I feel like the saving grace for this movie... Is it has amazing dialogue. That's true. Tia, and like Tia and Tamara. Character driven. I feel like. Yeah, it uh, is very character driven. And since it's not juggling as much, just like Cameron and Alex meeting each other, and they're like these lost sisters who are from a different dimension, mm-hmm. um, and they're witches, and they meet on their twenty first birthday. I don't know. Since the moment, the focus is on them. Agreed. So. Yeah, this uh, is one of the yeah. movies where I think also besides Cadet Kelly, where the the central plot going around doesn't revolve around some sort of love interest like they're not trying to get boyfriends 
they're trying mm-hmm. to like meet each other and understand them as a family. If you don't know what yeah. what Twitches is about, it's starring Tia and Tamara from Sister Sister, which is a show I grew up watching. So I loved this movie. So they're they're twins. They're twin witches, hence Twitches from <laughs> another dimension. And there's this darkness coming out to get them when they were born, but they kind of expel the darkness for some reason when they were born. So their father, before he dies, decides to kind of bring them to another dimension so that they're safe. But while he does this, he splits them up. So one goes to a really wealthy kind of hospital, and the other one kind of grew up not as wealthy. And on their 21st birthday, they are reunited, and the darkness is coming to get them. And when we say the CGI is bad, the CGI... what, What year was this movie made compared to, like, Smart House. This was 2005. So yeah. this is on the later side of the movies we call. This is almost a seven year difference between this and Smart House, and Smart House had a way better CGI. Yeah. And, and that's saying something. Totally had better CGI. Yeah, then. Sure. So, like, I don't know why, like, when I watched this now, I was laughing. I used to be so afraid of the darkness when I first watched this. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. So the darkness is like this smoke that's kind of going through rooms and, like, trying to get people and when I was younger I was like oh no like this is so scary also this is like a Halloween movie they were born on Halloween so it's like the Halloween scary vibes are going on mm-hmm. you know I definitely like the Halloween setting for sure um, well there are witches this is, this goes into like the witchy Halloween themed movies that they have <laughs> um, and they don't explain the darkness at all which like I kind of don't mind it's true, like, they oh my god, it's the darkness, and it literally is just a cloud of smoke. Well, it destroys the it, it ate up that woman. Yeah, no, that's true. Those so there's two protectors, this like man and woman, I forget their name, but out of all the movies we watched, they're definitely the best comic relief. They are everyone. and I was thinking about this, and I think it's because it's like they were a duo and they could have like funny things back and forth to each other. Like the one lady you said. I went through some 70s wallpaper, and that's going to scar me for the rest of my life. Like, yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Um, I forgot. His name is, like, Kurt or something. Cart. Yeah. Cart and, like, Elena or something like that. Yeah. Um, but Elena hey. is, if you don't know, the actress who plays her is Roland's wife from Schitt's Creek. Do you watch yeah. that show? No, I don't watch Schitt's oh. Creek. It's a comedy. It's got nominated for a bunch of Emmys. It's so funny. But she's Roland's wife. I forgot her name. But... Mm. Yeah, they're both really good comic relief, and they're, they're the two people that kind of took, each of them kind of took one of the daughters and sent them away, and then they're kind of tasked with bringing them back together and explaining what's going on. I thought it was, like, really fun. I like how they're not in high school. I like that they're 21. They're kind of old enough where, like, you believe them. I don't know how old T and Tamara were when they actually filmed this, but this is, I feel like, one of the movies where it's, it's you. Like, they're usually not set... They're usually not set when they're this old. They're usually like a high school or middle school age. So this was really nice. I I don't know why. I just love the fact that they're like kind of opposite. You know, one has a moon necklace. One has a star, uh, a sun necklace. So the one with the moon necklace stays up all night. The one with the sun necklace is um is the up when the sun's up. And um I think Alex is the writer. And Cam- Cameron is her name? Yes, Cameron, she's the, uh, the painter. She's the painter, and she's like, she's like, oh yeah, majoring in art. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, wild. But yeah. No, I, I love that, because they get into it, and when they finally bring it together, and like, oh, we're actually from this different dimension, 
Um, Alex has already written about the history and Cameron has already drawn everything. And like Cameron ends up knowing who the villain is first because she drew about it when she was little. That's true. And That's the true. main villain ends up being their real mother's or no, their uncle, basically. Very, very Hamlet. <laughs> very yeah. Hamlet-esque. The uncle is the one who kind of killed, he's killed the father and then wanted to take over the kingdom. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I also. They, they make it very obvious that he's the villain, though. Like, <laughs> I forget his name. He has I black gloves. Him. He wears black gloves. He's all yeah. in black. He has like a really weird stare the whole movie. Yeah, no, I wrote my notes, in my notes. This white guy is definitely a villain. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Also, what I, what, I, what I also liked was that they, when the, like, the mom is still alive. You, you kind of think she died, too, I think, in the beginning. You kind of think, like, oh, they're just kind of going to this other dimension. But they realize the mom's alive. And she, like, really loves her daughters. It was really nice. But they also, like, they understand that both the mom is alive and then that they themselves have been growing up with different parents. Like, mm-hmm. they don't ignore the other parents because all of a sudden they have this new mother in another dimension, which is wild. <laughs> but I thought that was, like, a really nice, nice touch, you know, because um, Cameron, who's, like, the more wealthy one, she's just, like, very attached to her family. Yeah. And then Alex, who, they say that her mother died, and she just basically has friends that she's living with. Um, she's the one who really kind of is supposed to save the whole kingdom, and, like, she's yeah. the one who's, like, at the kingdom when she's supposed to be. But then they realize, that, like, this doesn't work, and we can't save the kingdom unless Alex and Cameron are both together. Yeah, that's the whole thing, is that they kind of have to use... And I have to say, kind of like Frozen, they have to yeah. use their sisterly love to mm-hmm. kind of defeat the darkness. So at, at the the whole point is that they kind of, like, ignore the fact that the darkness is coming, because, like, they're like, whoa, we're witches, so they, like, play with their powers, <laughs> as literally anyone would do. Mm-hmm. Anyone would do. And then eventually, like the two protectors come back and they're like, yo, like, the darkness is coming. Like, you can't ignore this. And they're like, and Cameron's like, yes, I can. Like, I want, I just this huge 21st birthday party to plan and to go to. And then eventually, like, Alex goes to the mother because she, you know, she lost her mother and she, and Cameron's like, I have a family. Like, I don't, I don't need to be here. And then the darkness does come and ruins her party. And then she's like, maybe I should go back and help people. <laughs> How did you feel about those transitions? They were, okay. they were like, oh, remind me. between scene to scene, it was like a PowerPoint presentation. Like, it would, like, twirl or, like, zoom in and out. Oh, um. Oh, you didn't I, know. like, didn't notice that at all, but maybe, like, they also do transitions like that in Star Wars. So um, maybe that's why it just didn't phase me. It just seemed especially like a PowerPoint for some reason when I was, when I, <laughs> I was don't mind. watching. I don't mind that much. <laughs> did you also notice so in the thing is that how they get to the other dimensions that they go in a closet. And anytime Cameron opened her closet, there was, like, nothing in there. Like, she has two closets that's supposed to be full of clothing, and there's, like, nothing in there. Yeah. There was also a lot of, like, Greek vibes going on. So the uncle's name is Thantos. The daughter's names in the dimension is, like, oh, Apollo and oh, Artemis, Artemis, which is, you know, the twins that were... Apollo is, like, the sun god, and Artemis, you know, is the moon. Obviously, which makes sense with how one, they each have, like, the moon moon and sun necklace. I was like, oh, they're, like, it's, like, they referenced a lot of random things here. Like, it was, like, <laughs> witches, but also Greek, but also kind of weirdly Hamlet. Like, there's a lot going on. Harry Potter, like. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. It kind of works, though. So, have you seen the sequel to this? I have seen the sequel to this. Is it as good? No. The, the first one, uh, I think, is definitely better. All right. Because I definitely would consider watching the sequel. Because I, I just think you like should. I think... Like, they're fun characters to hang around with. Um, I love the scene where it's a montage of them just, like, performing magic for yeah. fun. Like, it was great to watch. They have so much cool powers than, like, Harry Potter. Yeah. And they're, mm-hmm. so the whole thing is that they basically can make up their own spells if they're together. So yeah. they already have powers, which is, like, that Alex can write. Like, she can kind of write the, not, not necessarily the future, but can write the past. And then Cameron can, you know, visualize past and present and things like that. So that they have a gift. And then they're also witches. So, like, anything they say can become a spell, which I think is so cool. Yeah. No, they've got a lot more power than the movie gives them credit for. Agreed. I think, like, they like, if you really, like, watch them do magic, like, they do it on, like, kind of dumb, you know, if you were 21 and had powers, like, what would you do sort of thing. But they really can be so powerful. Mm-hmm. And it's it's their sisterly love that defeats the darkness. Which I thought uh, was, like... I'm here for it. I was here for it, too. I was mm-hmm. so here for it. And it was actually very touching. It like, was. I believe when they were crying and saying, like, I love my sister, I love my sister, like, it was, it was wonderful. Yeah, so the whole thing is that, like, the darkness event, like, they go back to the other dimension, the castle, and the darkness is kind of surrounding them, and they're like, oh, the, what we thought the way to defeat you was light, but really the opposite of darkness is love, and they start, like, shouting out people that they love, and it was so, like, touching. (laughs) Uh, do you have anything else to say about Twitches? I do not. Let's go to our last one. You can't talk about Disney originals unless you talk about High School Musical. The iconic and I feel like the big stepping stone for when people were really watching Disney Channel original movies. Oh, everyone, we were probably in what, elementary school when this yeah. came out? People were obsessed with High School Musical. I remember going to a High School Musical themed birthday party. I did too. It was, oh it was so much fun. So it, how can you not know what this movie is about? It's about basketball player Troy and geek freak Gabriella <laughs> who meet one night in some sort of ski lift kids New Year's Eve party and sing a song and they never see each other again until it turns out Gabriella goes to Troy's school. And then they, Troy and Gabriella both find their love for musicals. Mm-hmm. And that's basically it. Troy, you know, can't do musicals because he does basketball. And yeah, Gabriella, no, and Gabriella, she's like on the math squad, so she's like, oh my god, what do I do? Like math or musicals? It's just it's too much for them, but they make it through, and they they realize they can do both. It's a okay. wild thought. So, let me just lay down the law here, and that Sharpay is not the villain of High School Musical. Agreed. 100% agreed. Who goes to all the practices, doesn't miss the auditions, and Troy and Gabriella are the ones who, first of all, have no experience besides karaoke night. One and time. She has done musicals for what, like 17 years or something? She, she, the 17 productions. She was in the last 17 okay. productions of the school, which is mm-hmm. wild. I think, she, I think they're supposed to be like sophomores or juniors here, but mm-hmm. I think the only thing that like makes Sharpay seem like a villain is that she's very high maintenance. Like she's yeah, and she's high rich. maintenance. She's very like controlling. Mm-hmm. But like but, she's know, worked hard. 
she does say, oh, anyone can sign up for the musical. There's lots of spots. Um, Just don't take my spot. Anyone can be an extra. Which, like, it sounds bad when she says it, but considering Troy and Gabriella have no experience... You know, Sharpay's just looking out for him, just being a nice gal. I'm here for Sharpay 101% of the way. Agreed. I love Sharpay. She is an idol of mine. The only thing I find odd is that, I f- so Sharpay and Ryan are twins. We, we, you know, they don't really mention this. They kind of just see them as brother and sister, but I think they're twins. Yeah, And probably. there's this, like, they sing a love song to each other. Their yeah. audition song? It's a little weird. No, it definitely is weird. And like they gloss over this. Like yeah. no like no one in the entire auditorium was like, isn't it odd that you're both singing a love song to each other, but you're siblings? Yeah. It's odd. But that's also I could kind of see why they did that, because if they had any other guy be in that position of like being Sharpay's partner, you kind of have now a reason to be like, oh well. Sharpay, you're always with this other guy, so that's why Troy doesn't like you. And having um, the brother be the dance partner, Ryan, it kind of eliminates that factor. I agree. It's so weird. Did you hear? I think it was the director or writer of High School Musical confirmed Ryan is gay. Yeah. Mm-hmm, I did see Which, that. like, would have been nice if he, like, actually came out and got a boyfriend and not being paired with Kelsey, of all people. During... Oh, Kelsey's so annoying. I know. They... It, they they should not have been paired together. That was a bad idea in High School Musical too. We're that's not we're talking about, but we're just saying it could have mm-hmm. been better. I there's just so, so much that I love about this movie. The yeah. extraness of the sports team. When Troy comes back from break, everyone's just like waiting for him to come off the bus. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, Troy is this maybe a junior? Is there no seniors on the team? Like, yeah, no, that's a good point. Like, <sighs> is there no one better than Troy? Apparently not. If you rely on this man. Also, the fact that, like, the whole thing is, like, okay, Troy has to go to this basketball game. Like, it's, I think it's, like, a big game. It's, it's not even, I don't think it's their championship. It's just, like, a big game. <laughs> and there's going to be, like, college recruiters there. And the dad goes, you know how much college costs when they're playing basketball on their personal basketball court in, in the backyard of their huge mansion. Wait, that's such a good point. Like, that's oh wild. God. Like, they have yeah. the biggest house, and he's like, you know how much college costs? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's ridiculous. They definitely, like, worship the basketball team. They game. do. Um, the the drama know, department has no money. And the game is just a classic song. I love it. They're dancing yeah. with the basketballs? Wait. I love it. What is your favorite song from this? Ooh. I am... I'm pretty, I, I like stick with the status quo. I know it doesn't give a good message. I think mm-hmm. it's just really catchy. Like, no, start paying mean, stick to the status quo, and also bop to the top. I watched before this, stick to the status quo. There's the one guy who plays the cello. Hilarious. He was arrested in real life <gasps> for holding, robbing a pizza place at gunpoint. Interesting. And Didn't then there's that. another guy, I forget which character, um, but he's now in Ham, um, Hamilton. Which one? So, I forget. Is which it the? Character it is. Um, but he was just one of the extras. But now he's in Hamilton and has like a pretty prominent part. Oh, good for him. Yeah, um, you know that's what happens when you don't stick to the status quo, kids. You yeah. get put in Hamilton. <laughs> don't listen to this high school musical song. What was your favorite song? 
Okay, well, besides stick to the status quo, um, I like Bop to the Top. I think that's a, Agreed. that's a good song. Bop to the Top is so extra. Like, her dress. The, uh, mind you, this is a callback. This is a yeah. not even the musical. This is, like, she and him wear these outrageous outfits and have, like, set pieces for a callback song. Mm-hmm. Like, this, like, I, I forget, like, when I watch this movie, I kept thinking, like, this is, like, the musical. But no, this is the audition to get the part in the musical. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Uh-huh. I think it's I pretty know, iconic, though. Troy and Gabriella, they didn't even, even show up to the audition. I know. They were both made. They but had other things to do. Anyway. And ended up, like, getting the roles, too. Yeah, I agree. I know. That's just, like, like I get it. Maybe they're sick of Sharpay and Ryan because, like, she gets everything and they want, like, some new blood. But, like, come on. They should have taken it a bit more seriously. But also, like, um, there's that, that scene where we're trying, they're trying to get, like, so Troy's basketball buddies, Chad and everyone, and Gabriella's, like, mathlete buddies are trying to, like, get them to stop for some reason because oh no people can't do two things at once do you have two different interests and they do the webcam but the webcam is so obvious like, yeah like you can really tell it in the scene yeah that's the one scene where first of all i don't remember that scene at all oh really like that's one of the scenes i watched and i was like Oh my god, like, I can't believe Troy's, like, literal friends are doing this to him and then going and showing Gabriella. Like, that's so mean. Yeah, that's not, that's not a nice thing to do. No, not at all. But yeah, no, you're right. The The webcam was very obvious. Like, if he, like obviously Troy has, maybe he's not the smartest person, but really, you have to look. Yeah. Like, like they're, they're, like, moving the webcam so it shows his face. Mm-hmm. I also, like, stick to the status quo because all of a sudden, like, things appear when the guy's like, I like the cello, and all of a sudden his cello appears. Yeah. That and, you know, great. that scene's kind of impressive, too, because, like, there's a lot of extras in that scene. There is. There is a lot of extras in that scene. Yeah, because they do this, like, wide, or this, like, wide shot of just the whole cafeteria, and it's a really nice cafeteria, It by is. The way. It's a real school, um, too. <laughs> it's not a set. It's, like, a real school, I think, in Utah. Yeah, no, because, uh... The pink, Sharpay's pink lockers are still there. Oh, wow, that's so cool. Yeah, no, can you imagine having that locker? That'd be great. Yeah, that would be kind of fun, though. They yeah. they get really more, like, I think as, as each movie goes on, it gets more and more, like, intense. But I feel like for a, a first movie to introduce, it was fun. It plays into, like, the trope that, like, like you know, you can't play sports and sing, which is ridiculous. It's something that's been used, like, multiple times. Yeah. But, I mean, like, okay, Archie and Riverdale? It would be very hard to, have, to do. Gabriella absolutely could have done it. Troy, like, I can see why not. Team and being in the theater, like, those are both after-school activities. I don't, and, like, probably during the same time. Um, probably, yeah, probably during the same time, because basketball is winter, and there's probably, like, a winter show and a spring show. He could have done, like, a spring show or something. Like, it wasn't that big yeah. a deal. But also, mm-hmm. like... The, the fact that they were like, oh, you can't, like, like, why would you want to sing? Like, what do you mean? Like, you can have an interest. Like, men and, like, and people do theater. Like, this isn't, this isn't something that's, like, oh, my God, like, it's so original. Like, no, like, like there are, there are male roles. Like, someone has to do them. Why uh-huh. can't it be Troy? <laughs> yeah, no, it is pretty funny that one of the main things is, like, oh, I don't know if I could, si- like, sing about not knowing if you should sing. <laughs> yeah. This is very... I love the teacher, too. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, which one? The, the theater. Um, like, the musical teacher? Yeah, yeah. She just pronounces oh, yeah, things cool. with cool. such a flair, and she's, like, kind of ridiculous and over-the-top, and she's amazing. And I, she pronounces it musical, and she's very intense, and she has a beef with Troy's dad, who's also the basketball coach. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I also like, kind of thought it was sad, like, Troy's trying to have, like, a, remember, um, so it's after, like, the drama teacher and the, um, basketball coach have, like, a fight, because Troy had detention with the musical teacher and the basketball coaches, his dad is like, what are you doing, like, he needs to be a basketball, he can do this after, and she's like, what do you mean, like, I'm not gonna show him special treatment, mm-hmm. and then Troy's kind of, like, talking with his dad, and he's like, oh, trying to have this, like, really honest conversation, basically saying him that, like, he has other interests besides basketball, and his uh-huh. dad, like, doesn't get it. Yeah. It was kind of sad. Understand. No, it was, like, kind of sad, because the dad's, like, not trying to get it. He's mm-hmm. just, like, so focused, and I'm like, dude, like, your son is literally telling you, like, what if, you know, you're not used to doing something, and people might laugh at you, like, should I do it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, out of all... Overall, the High School Musical trilogy, it's really good. It is. It's a solid trilogy. And then there's another movie about Sharpay's Fabulous Adventures. I haven't seen that. I don't count that one as part of. No, neither do I. It's Uh, not. And there's, like, the Netflix TV show now, too. Oh, it's it's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, and actually, I know um, one of the extras in that was in my Latin class in high school. Cool. (laughs) Very cool. So, like, oh, hey. Um, recognize out you. Of all, out of the three movies, the second one's always been my favorite. I think that's the definitive best one. Yeah. If I think we're kind of gonna wrap up, but if you have any, you know, tell us what you thought about these movies. If you have any Disney Channel original movies you thought we should have talked about, we would definitely love to do a part two. Yes. These were really fun. Um, you know, rate, subscribe. You can catch us on all podcasting. Um things now because we're officially on apple Podcasts and google play even though google oh. play is no longer go- gonna no longer exist in like a couple months but it's fine it took us a really long time to get on google play but it's fine <laughs> and also if you don't catch us on instagram and on twitter at making sense or at making sense of movies please do it's where we update you on what's going on in our podcast mm-hmm. and have a good night and whatever. Bye. Bye.